Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecamerraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. <laughs> I'm going to be so kind to you guys tonight. <laughs> now, where were we, really? Oh, we were at Old Bone Grinder. Yes. You and, uh, you and Irina and Ismark uh, went to the old windmill, and you went inside uh, on <laughs> at the urging of a were-raven named Falcon. Mm-hmm. Oh. Who told you this horrific story about children from town being ground up into flour and made into pastries that the hags then distribute among the local Barovians, a truly horrid tale. And you actually found two hags inside the old bone grinder uh, and had a bit of a falling out with them, or rather they had a bit of a falling out of a window (laughs) (laughs) and uh, disappeared. And when their mother showed up outside the door, uh, you decided to scamper out the back uh, upper floors of the windmill and make your way around possibly to ambush her or confront her. In fact, Falcon, you assumed the form of a raven and harangued her. You flew up right in her face and she swatted you with a rolling pin. It went well. Yes. <laughs> and, and Paulton, you kind of uh, were left by yourself in the custody of these two young charges, these very young children, uh, mm-hmm. who you ushered to the bottom of the windmill, and they're sort of hunkered and hiding up against it. And it's the rain is starting to come down, and their eyes widen, and you suddenly get the sense that there is great danger looming behind you. Well, that's weird. I don't remember that part. I remember it being fine. Everything was fine. Everything was great. <laughs> We hang with the kids. They were good. Well, it was good. It was good. We're good. Yeah, we were having cake, like normal cake, not bone cake. Yeah. It was yeah. Like- yes. Fine. Right. And uh, uh, Evelyn and Strix and Diaf, you sort of went around the outer circumference of the tower to confront uh, this third hag. So you can't really see Paulton. He is not within your line of view anymore. Uh, Paulton, would you roll initiative for me? All right, all right. This the is kids are gonna story. kill you. Pray for Bolton. Pray. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> Pray Bolton. Oh my God! No, no. Are, you are you serious? What? <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> and the night gets off to a rocking good start. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay Woo. then. This game uh, sucks. Why do we play it? <laughs> Everyone just walks out. <laughs> So you kind of look over your shoulder and you see these invisible forms with rain coursing down their bodies. Uh, and you can, you can see the rain dripping off of invisible, long, sharp as iron claws. Uh, 
What's the last thought that goes through your head, Paulton? No! Oh, no! Uh, well, I don't think he's joking. <laughs> like a song, maybe? Oh, I, it's, just, it's just a whelp. It is just okay. a whelp. Just a whelp. Well, right. uh, as these two invisible figures uh, prepare to rend you to pieces, um, you recall that the windmill, it's a multi-level thing, and it's got this sort of decayed, rotted-out balcony clinging to its second floor, and large chunks of it are missing, of course. Um, and it's also got these uh, big iron veins uh, that have been stripped bare. Uh, or sorry, wooden veins that have been stripped bare. Uh, well, leaping down from them upon the invisible creatures are Irina and Ismark, who actually go first in the initiative order. Yay! Oh my God! They're yes. I, mean, I don't mean God. I mean, I mean, Lathander's not involved. Yes, and uh, Ismark drops down, and you can see he's got a dagger in one hand. Uh, it looks silvered, and uh, he tries to uh, throw himself bodily and also strike one of these invisible hags. Uh, with the blade, and it just sort of, the blade deflects off, and he's just sort of caught in midair by her. Uh, she almost just catches him in a bear hug, um, and now they're just sort of flailing away at each other. Uh, Irina leaps down on the second hag, and she's got Ismark's longsword, and she just cuts deep into this invisible creature, and you see a spurt of greenish blood uh, fly up into the air and fall among the rain. Uh, at her feet. And you can actually hear the hags howl. Uh, but the, the brother and sister have given you uh, a little bit of room to breathe because the hags turn on them. What do you do? Oh my gosh. Okay. I... You, by the way, you guys are fighting about uh, ten feet, five to ten feet from a precipice. Uh, so be careful. Yeah. Okay. Um, is, there, is there any way I'd be able to like of just like scoop up the kids and try and regroup and be like, guys, problems, huge problems. Yeah, you could easily, uh, with your action, you could gather up both children and make your way around one side of Old Bone Grinder or the other. Okay, which... Where, where um, you're, you're, you're sort of at the back of this round cylindrical uh, windmill, and you know that your friends are pretty much on the opposite side of you. You saw Strix and DF go around. No, you saw Strix and Evelyn go around one side, and DF go around the other side by himself. All right, let's 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 make a bolt for it and try and try and get everyone together. Would you, like we... to go, would you like to go the way of DF or the way of Strix and Evelyn? Uh, let's go the way of DF. All right. No. Should we be like rolling any perception check to see if we hear any of this behind us or notice that anything is happening or are we just so, too far? With the, with the rain coming down and the shrieking of the hag out front who's beating on this raven. Oh God. Wooden club. You can't hear much at all about what's going on behind old bone grinder, but I would like the rest of you now to roll initiative. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Eight. All right. Anyone else? I got a six. Uh, 18. Six for Strix and six 18 for, Strix. for DF. All right. Uh, so, and uh, Falcon. 11. 11. DF, you come around the tower and you see this uh, batty old crone uh, sort of hunched over, swinging this rolling pin in the air at this raven who's just got her completely flustered. You also notice beside her is a small little wheelie cart 
mm-hmm. wheelie cart that has a tied-up sack in it, and the sack is writhing around. It looks about big enough to carry, say, a small child. Okay. So when you say wheelie cart, you mean like like wheelbarrow size, not like full wagon or anything? That's correct. Yeah, more like the size of a wheelbarrow. <clears throat> All right. Uh, how far away are they from where I am right now? Uh, by the time you get around the corner, only about 10, 15 feet away. Okay. Okay. And she, she, doesn't, she seems oblivious to you. Her whole attention is focused on the raven. Right. Oh, uh, boy. Well, I'm certainly going to move, uh, continue to move silently and try to uh, make my way up to them at least. Okay. From uh, there. Make, make a stealth check. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? That's a one. Okay. Oh my wow. I'm ready to go home. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, maybe we should just call it here. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm 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 trying. I'm trying. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, you're unable to hide your approach. Uh she begins to suspect that the the raven is a ruse to conceal a more dangerous threat and when she looks over your shoulder, "Hey, you're right there." Wrong. I'm not the more dangerous threat. <laughs> <laughs> you look to be a lot more dangerous than a bird. Okay. All right. Well, um fortunately, um if you like if you have sneak attack, you do have an ally within yeah. striking I would be able to do that, but I just, I, I don't, oh, crap. I mean, she saw me, so. Yeah. But you like beating up old women? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, I heard. I'd rather not try to fight a mother hag. I'd rather. Yeah, yeah good call. I don't, mm, another thought was to set them all on fire, but there's a live thing in the barrel or the yeah. car, so I, I don't. Oh, man. All right. Well, this is a terrible idea, but after realizing that she totally realizes I'm here, I just go, ah, and I try to stab her. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Well, D&D is is replete with bad ideas, so bring it on. Come on, die. Oh, that's really good, though. Uh, 22. Oh, yeah. That's going to get through. Right. So that'll count with sneak attack, yeah? Yep. Because she's engaged another person? Okay. That's correct. Yep. All right. So Thank then it'll be... Attack damage is seven plus... Oops. Stay on. Seven plus six. So 13. All right. You hear her mutter, motherfucker, under her breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so mean. As she deals this, as you deal her this grievous wound, uh, she does not look happy about that whatsoever. And Falcon, it is actually your turn. And uh, props to you, Chris, by the way, for staying up until after midnight to join us again. That's all right. No worries. Yay. Um, I'll make it worth my while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got you. I got you. In the, uh, the buggy, or the thingy, was there a pastry? Uh, there, there appear to be on a little shelf um, over the handles of this wheelbarrow thing, a few bundled, small bundles. Uh, you suspect that they might contain little pastries inside them. And the hag has disengaged her attention from me, at least. Yes. Her uh, you're welcome. Her attention is totally focused on DF, DF at the moment. I'm going to sweep down, pick up a pastry, and try and shove it in the hag's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> 
So first thing you kind of do is you, you're still in bird form, right? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you start to clutch at the little rope and uh, paper surrounding the pastry, exposing it, as it were, I take it. Or are you just going to shove it paper and all in her mouth? Hmm. I think I will tear it apart as I'm journeying towards her mouth. Okay. And are you going to do like the mother bird thing of like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna regurgitate it, bro. Yeah, I just I'm very much not putting that in my just poop, Put it in her mouth, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yes, I'm All doing. Right. All right. Well, make. Uh, oh God. Make a melee weapon attack roll. <laughs> melee. Uh, make a pastry attack roll. Yeah, Two-handed make. pastry. Yes. It's a nine. A nine? Okay. Well, I'm not... I'm okay. <laughs> I do have multi-attack? Sure. You can make a second attack. Go ahead and do that. Oof. 16? Okay. On your second attempt, you are able to basically plop a wad of this damp pastry in her mouth. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. Oh, I hope you know something I don't. Because <laughs> all I saw was a bird give this hag a treaty treat. <laughs> yes, you are understandably confused, DF. You were kind of expecting a little bit more reinforcement. <laughs> all right. Um, so this... Uh, and the, the pastry isn't so big that you couldn't stuff the whole thing in her mouth if you wanted to. That might be comical and funny. So we'll assume you did that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so she, she clamps down on that uh, and has to make a constitution saving throw, uh, which she fails. Don't choke. She failed it by one. Oh, wow. oh, yes. Yes. So as soon as she gets this stuff down her throat, she kind of staggers backward, clutches her throat. <laughs> And uh, then uh, she kind of stumbles away from you, DF, and looks disoriented for a moment. And then you see this glaze sort of come over her eyes. And she just sort of stands there, almost like she's in a sleepwalking trance, just kind of stumbling around, looking into the sky and all around her and at the ground and at her hands um, like she's on LSD. <laughs> My God, the pastry! Yeah, nice. I'll have some. I, be I bet you will. Um, and so she seems to be completely out of it, and it's you're sort of amazed at the instantaneousness of the the power of this pastry. And then it is Evelyn's turn now. Evelyn, as you recall, you've got your winged boots going on, mm -hmm. and you were sort of. Uh, flapping around the side of the tower so you're about 10 feet off the ground when you see this hag stagger back and become almost trance-like can i can i take any advantage from being like above her and just like super womp down with my my battle axe uh yeah, yeah absolutely you could have advantage cool all right so we've got oh that should be pretty good that's either a 22 or a 20 so 22 oh, yeah. You're definitely going to hit. Sweet. Is this the first thing you've hit? No. In a while. Is the first thing you've hit? I recall oh, you hitting really? some walls. Yeah. Okay, and I have my shield, so that's going to be a D8. I was hoping I was one-handed, but I don't think I was. Or two-handed, I mean. 
So that's going to be, ooh, 11. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, the hag, uh, she withstands that, but she's clearly wounded. It does have um, the effect of snapping her out of her trance. Uh-oh. Um, so after you hit her, she seems to regain her senses and her anger. Uh-oh. Um, but she does look quite wounded now. And it is Strix's turn. Oh, boy. And she's not paying attention to me? Uh, no. All of her attention right now is on this flying woman in her face. All right, good. <laughs> this angel of destruction. Exactly. She's never seen her before, and uh, it is definitely unnerving. Angel and of destruction. a scared, confused man. Yeah. <laughs> Can't. Um, well, since... So I'm guessing... I'm trying to see where we are next to the cart. I haven't really run up to the cart yet, but um, D, if you're next to it... Yeah. Yes. Okay. So... No need for me to go after the kids yet because you're probably closer than I am. So I'm gonna zap, zap, zapper. Alrighty. Um, I'm gonna hit her with the. This will go with a chromatic orb. I'm gonna try and set her on fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> bring it. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it. Is this uh, a fire bolt spell? Or it's a, chromatic orb, so it's a ah, okay. diameter sphere. Right. So it's kind of like a little, a little friendly, little friendly guy. Um, takes, if it hits, it takes three d eight. Um, right. Okay. And you get to make a range spell attack. All right, let's do it. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I roll one. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, you you all needed to buy new dice. That I used a different like one. I've got used, new dice, and now no, things are better. I was using this one, and then I replaced it with this one, and now they're both going away. <laughs> I don't need those anymore. I got another one right here. Right. Ready to go. The dice gods are not smiling upon. They're not. Nope. These ones are good. I'm just okay. I'm gonna be friendly to them. They're just we're okay. I'm gonna go bury those outside. And we're gonna never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, you see this big flaming this 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 flaming sphere whistle past your ear, um, going off into the rain and the night. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, God's damn it, Strix. <laughs> I'm like, may Lathander guide your hand next time. <laughs> and I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> Uh, Paulton, you, uh, oh, I'm, uh, yes, Paulton is next and you round the corner or you come around the tower with these two children in your arms and you see this other scene unfold, this other scene of chaos unfolding before you. What do you do? Um, I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to, if, if I may, I'm going to play a little song and give one of my comrades some bardic inspiration. All right. Um, let's see. Who is, um, I don't know if this is too metagaming, but who, who has the high, who had the highest initiative? I want to say. So the ne next step would be DF. That's what I thought. Okay. I'm going to gonna give it to DF. All right. So DF, you get to roll a D6 and add it to your attack roll. Right. Attack roll? Yeah. Sweet. If you so wish. Or you can. <laughs> You can save it and use it for something else, but I assume you'll want to increase your chances of hitting. Yeah, plus 1d6 to run away. <laughs> exactly. Could come in handy. <laughs> Great. Now, because, no problem, the, because, the, 
<laughs> because the uh, hag had had lost her turn due to the trance, she did not get to go last round, which is good news oh. for you, DF, because it's your turn again. Awesome. Okay, so having Evelyn also show up. Yes. Raining axe uh, does give me a little more confidence along with uh, Paulton backing me yeah. up. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll go in with another attack. Alrighty. I feel better about my chances now. So, As I get to... Do I, have, I can add the 1d6 after I roll? You sure can. Okay, cool. All right, so let's do a, let's do a little stabby stab. Uh, I won't need the d6 because that's another 22. Excellent. All right. Uh, is this another sneak attack because she's engaged? That's correct. Baller. Okay. Yes. All right. Sneak attack damage of 11 plus 8. 19. Oh. Wow. It makes my fireball... Not feel as bad. All right. <laughs> uh, you can see that she is bleeding profusely now and uh, uh, looks really, really bloodied. Awesome. And then uh, we go to Falcon. Hmm. I'm going to use my bonus action to pop back as a human. And I will shout the following. Eyes up here, hag. <laughs> <laughs> I got the floaty people. <laughs> Are you, you're obviously unclothed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But naked oh, in no. the rain. So an uppercut in the rain on the yep. hag. All right. A naked uppercut in the yes. rain. Can that be the episode title? <laughs> Naked up for cutting the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really fit the theme of the setting. <laughs> okay. Did you make your attack? It is a 15. Uh, 15 does not hurt her. Uh, when you strike her jaw, it's like striking um, an iron stovepipe. It's just like, <laughs> oh my God. And I'm going to go in for a second attack. All right. Second uh, uppercut. 23 yeah. that time. Success. Whoa. Yeah. So what would that be as just my fists? Uh, it's one point of damage plus your strength bonus. Okay, which is a whole heap of zero. All right. <laughs> Aww. Uh, so, uh, you'll do a minimum of one. I tried. Yes. <laughs> My knuckles. I give you yes. a little, like, I clap for you. You good try. Good try. Yeah. Thank I'll, you. I'll, give you a, I'll give you a thumbs up and a wink just. <laughs> yes. It seems to sort of shock and stun the, the hag just for a second more than anything. Um, and, uh, then it is her turn. Wait. Can we, did we do, did, I'm sorry, did you just do a falcon punch? Yes. <laughs> falcon punch. punch. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. He's got no weapons. All right. Uh, yeah. and then, you can, then you can see she looks at you um, sort of aghast and gives a disgusted snarl. Um, you think it has something to do with her general disdain for your kind. Um, but... Uh, it also seems to put a little bit of fear in her because instead of confronting you, she she sort of shrinks away from you, Falcon, mm. and turns invisible. She's afraid of a naked man. Yes. <laughs> More like, uh, and you can make an insight. You can make an insight check if you wish. Sure, that is a twenty. 
Oh. Uh, you think it has something to do with the fact that hags are deeply steeped in curses and prophecies and omens and stuff, and uh, it is considered dangerous to attack or harm a raven in this culture. She seems to have some misgivings about offending you or or turning the tide against her by hurting you any more than she already has. Uh, she seems to chalk up her ill fate and her wounds to striking you on the head with her rolling pin. <laughs> and she, she sort of drops that and uh, disappears from sight. Now, those of you who are close to her, Diath and Evelyn, because there is rain falling um, and you can see her puddles as she starts to run away, um, I will let you make a, a opportunity attacks at disadvantage because she's invisible. Okay. <clears throat> So each, uh, of you, each of you can take a stab or a swing. Can I... One question. We didn't see any, like, regenerative properties on her, right? She seemed to be, like, definitely hurt each time we hurt yes, her. Yes, you okay. are correct. Um, I want to, with this last uh, attack of opportunity, can I cast Divine Favor as well? Uh, I don't believe so, no. Because it's a bonus action, I can... That's correct. Okay, yeah. that's you fine. Can't, you can't do that on a reaction. Gotcha. Okay. So I swing light fall in a wide arc in front of me. Oh, and it is a 24. Oh, yes. Oh, but disadvantage. Crap. Oh, right. Yes. Roll again. Oh, no. Nuts. Wow. For Pete's sake, it's a 13. Uh, Am I allowed to uh, use the bardic inspiration on my disadvantage roll? On your... Yes, absolutely. I could. Yes. Nice. And it would, apply, it would apply to each of your rolls. So you get the D6 on both or whatever. Oh, all right. So. Uh, yeah, with her further trying to run away, I feel further inspired by Bolton. All right. Leaping forward and slashing horizontally with my stagger. Oh, okay. I got a math. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I can roll a nine. Okay. Five, that, that was 14 plus three, 17. That is going to do it. Ha! Yay! <laughs> Yeah! Just triumph. <laughs> <laughs> and the damage? Uh, this is just uh, standard weapon damage, right? Yeah. Okay. Do I add my dexterity will, bonus? Uh, uh, do you add your dexterity bonus? Yes, you sure do. Okay. All right, that's uh, another eight points. Well done. Okay. Well, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see a humanoid-sized kerplop in the puddles around you. She continues to run away, um, but you obviously dealt her a really nasty wound and one that she's not likely to forget. Um, but she's clearly running off into the night. And it is Strix's turn. Strix, you're a little too far away to get any sense of where she is. Um, All right. Well, don't let her escape! <laughs> I'm like, not this again. <laughs> I can't see her at all, so there's nothing I can do. I mean, I'm obviously looking around trying to figure out the best way to do this. Yeah. But the only thing I can do is, I guess... Uh... Hold that thought. <laughs> As you are about to take action, you hear over the sound of the rain and the sort of grinding of the, the veins on the windmill and the screams of Evelyn saying, don't let her escape. Uh, you hear a voice behind you some distance, like maybe 50 or 60 feet behind you shout, Irina! Oh no! Hang uh, on! Oh shit. Oh geez. Well, I'm obviously gonna try and run and help them. I'm too far away from the mom hag, so that's your guys' problem. <laughs> So I'm going to walk around the 
thing and yeah when you get around to the the backside of the tower you can see um there is a dead hag lying on the ground she's visible nice uh, and uh ismark is at the edge of the precipice on his belly essentially uh reaching down towards something that you can't see oh geez Ah, I'm not strong enough to help with this situation. <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, I can run behind him and kind of pull on his feet. I'm going to pull on his feet. <laughs> okay. You start to pull him away and you realize he's not actually holding on to anything. <laughs> oh, and like, so you sort, of, you sort of drag him back away from the, the cliff's edge and he's like, my sister, she's hanging for her life. Save oh, her. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> I just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cutter. I'll I, go down there. It's, yeah. You get the sense he maybe tried to reach for her, dove to grab her, and missed. Um, I thought he was just falling off the cliff. I don't know, make, man. Make a perception check. Okay. <laughs> Strix is like, I'll save you with my negative one strength. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, got 19. After you pull him away from the cliff's edge and you kind of go to the edge and look down, you can see about... 40 feet down, hanging onto the cliff edge, like by like a, a branch or vine sticking out through the stones, is Arena, and she's got a hag grasping <gasps> her waist, uh, clutching at her lower torso to hang on below her. Oh, geez. Ooh. And by, there's about a 120-foot drop under them into mists and rocks and trees. No good. Oh, man. Honestly... You know what I'm going to do? Strix is going to get up next to that edge of the cliff and yell down at that hag and be like, your mother's coming to get you, and boy, is she mad. You better <laughs> let go. And intimidation check. Okay, you're going to intimidate her into letting go. <laughs> scare her and tell her okay. mom's coming. Do it. All right. I'm going to say you have disadvantage on this um, simply because... Uh, Stupid. The, al <laughs> that's the, the alternative could be equally punishing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I'm trying my best here. But go ahead. All right. All right. There's that one. All right. So, 14. Okay. And that was with the disadvantage. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> You don't know whether it's the sound of your voice or the actual words you say, but you seem to startle the hag <laughs> into doing just that. What? Um, it was? Yes. Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, you think that maybe Arena might have helped, like uh, your distraction, uh, drawing the hag's upward attention. Arena sort of kicked her in the face uh, with the side of her boot. And uh, the combination of that and your uh, in intimidating distraction sends the hag careening down onto the rocks below. Nice. I yell a string of really colorful planar insults at her, calling yeah. her work and nasty things. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, Ismark, who can't see anything because he's face down in the rain too far away from the edge of the precipice to see, he looks up at you, mud on his face, and he says, did that work? <laughs> I'm like, you better did, Cutter. Let's get her up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then it is Paulton's turn. So the, it was Mama Hag was still invisible? 
Yes, Mama Hag is invisible and seems to be withdrawing from the battlefield. Um, you're not close enough to get to really get a true sense of where she is, other than Evelyn and Diath seem to have a pretty good idea where she is. Do I do I roughly know how far she is or was from you? Me? Would you would venture to guess um, based on how you've seen um, the Hags move around that she might be about thirty feet away from Diath and Evelyn. Okay, then um it's about about that would put her about 45 feet away from you. Okay, 45. Um then could I cast fairy fire to outline her so everyone can see her and put her at disadvantage? That is a really good question. <laughs> Yay! That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? So yes, you target basically a a 20-foot cube within a 60-foot range so you can sort of put it out there and catch her in it. And uh she has to make a dexterity saving throw. She, really rolled, is. she rolled a six. So, knowing that that does not beat your spell save DC, all of you can now see an, an out, a magically outlined humanoid shape uh, lumbering away uh, from, the, from you guys and the windmill. It's sort of hunched over. And what color would you like the fairy fire light to be? Ooh, um, <laughs> real important questions. You have choices um, between blue, green, or violet. Ooh. Let's make let's make it a nice violet. How about Aww. So there's a sparkly violet luminescence, um, humanoid shaped, running away through the rain. And uh, yes, so as a consequence of that, um, she's shedding light in a ten foot radius, and any attack roll against her has advantage. So there you go. I'm just like, welcome. Holy crap, dude, that's brilliant. Yes. And uh, that brings us back to Diath. Oh, uh, okay. How far away is she from me right now? Uh, she is about 30 feet away from you. Okay, so I'd be able to catch up and get another swing in there. Yep. All right. And you have advantage. Um, okay. Right, yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to do that. Okay. But as I'm kind of approaching her glittering body, I shout back at Evelyn, "Grab her!" And uh, okay, so I have adventure my attack roll. Now you don't have sneak attack. No sneak. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, uh, twenty-four. Yes. Well played. Just in case this doesn't kill her. Uh, it's six damage. Okay. She yet lives. Okay. And on Falcon's turn, what would you like to do, naked man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The things I could do. Uh, so, the hag is near the precipice? Uh, the hag is not. She is running away from the uh, windmill at the, toward the mountains. Um, was there another hag? Or no, she. Uh, yeah, no. there. There were two in the back, uh, who now Strix is probably alone with, as far as you know. And then there's the mother hag in the front, who is running away from you and is all violet and glittery. I'm going to sprint as fast as I can okay. and tackle her to the ground. It's like oh, the Olympics when they used to do it yes. naked. Yes. Slow motion. Back yeah. when the Olympics were going. <laughs> okay. Make a naked tackle roll. Naked tackle. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, nice. This will be this will be your your uh, 
your uh, proficiency bonus and your strength bonus added to your d20 roll. Naked tussling with Mama Hag. That's a 16. 16. Uh, you sort of run into her and bounce off of her. Oh! <laughs> and you're naked, so it's super yes. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is... So greasy. <laughs> This old uh, invisible crone clings to her feet uh, despite your best efforts to take her down. Surprisingly strong. Okay. Do I get a second attack or am I prone at the moment? Uh, you just sort of bounce off her, so you could try again. <laughs> Going in for the people's elbow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an 18. Much more successful. Yes. Good. All right. You're gonna. You're just gonna grapple her basically and pull. Try yes. to pull her down. All right. All right. Nice. Very very good. Well, on her turn, she was going to turn around and try to tear DF to ribbons with her claws, but since she has a naked guy, is <laughs> my plan. Yeah. Hanging on to you crazy hug. Uh, an she, guy who used to be a raven. Yes, exactly. Very confusing. Um, she, <laughs> she is going to attempt to escape your grapple. So you need to make a strength athletics check opposed by her strength check. Mine's a really solid nine. <laughs> uh, hers is a little more solid than yours. <laughs> uh, so she breaks free of you, basically kicks oh. you. Flying, just sends you flying off of her, basically. I literally curse you, hag. <laughs> yep. And, uh, she, but she had to use her action to do that. So with that, uh, you see her all a glitter. Uh, and she's also visible um, now. Uh, she is going to continue to run away from you. So it is Evelyn's turn. So she's still 30 feet from me, right? Uh, she's a little bit farther now because she's been running, but basically you'll be able to catch up to her and make an attack. I'll, I'll allow okay. that. Um, now, at the same time, she's saying, leave me alone, leave me alone. Ah, ah. I will never leave you alone. <laughs> Evil All right. Fiend, the love of the thunder will compel you. <laughs> um, so I then want to, can I do divine favor now as I pursue her? You sure can. I say, Lathander, Lord of Light, bless light, fall the weapon and tool of thy destruction as I smite this evil from the world. And I'm running. Yes. And then I, I take a swing with Lightfall, a grand... I don't know why, but I think, it's, I think it's awesome to hear her say that while she's basically sprinting through the rain with a <laughs> giant axe over her head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like praying. I'm like so used to it that it's like a ringing tone, but it's all like on the edge of rote, like... Yeah. on the edge of memorized and like just trite. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Wait, do you with, still have uh, advantage thanks to the fairy fire? Yes. You get oh, it. thank oh. Lathander. <laughs> thank, thank yeah, thanks Lathander. Okay, that's much better. That's a 19. Yes. Good stuff. Okay, okay. bring it all. And then that's going to be... Um, 1d8 plus 1d4 radiant damage. So we've got 7 plus 2 radiant damage. Plus your fabulous strength bonus. Oh, right. Sorry, I totally forgot. 4. So 11, 11. plus 2 radiant damage. All right, that takes her down. 
Oh, we did it! I and I like I as soon as she falls, I like like almost like superhero pose fall and like like pray to Lathander like bless thy servant Lathander as I smite evil from the world in your name. All hail the Lord of Light. Does she oh. always do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Who is Lathander and why has he got a big light? Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I do I hear him say that? Oh yeah, he's standing naked like three feet away from you. <laughs> I immediately jump hips. up and give him like yeah. the beginner's sermon on Lathander. Right. I slowly back away. Yeah, I just put like a hand on her shoulder. It's like, well, you're gonna be here for a while, buddy. And and, and while yeah. she's doing that, uh, Falcon, you see like lightning and thunder is behind her. Oh. The thunder is rumbling and lightning is flashing. There's something sort of ominous about the sort of the the way that her words seem to. All right. So as she starts on that, I kind of like. Yeah. I, I kind of like do like that kind of half sprint, my uh, uh, kind of backstep around her saying, not now, we still have to check on the others. And I start sprinting my way back towards uh, <laughs> Halton and the kids. I, I like, as soon as he says that, I put my hand on Falcon's shoulder and I say, yes, the Lord of Light waits for no one, but we I must know, yeah. save all. And then I run after him as fast as I can. <laughs> I'm just right. stunned. Strix, you are standing at the top of this uh, 150 foot high precipice and uh, you see Irina, uh, she has now lost the hag that was clinging to her. Um, what do you do? Uh, I have a rope in my pack, so I'm going to lower a rope down to her. Okay. So I'm lowering a rope down and um, asking for help, yelling for help, actually, screaming. Okay. <laughs> uh, she, when you drop the end of the rope, uh, she has no trouble grabbing onto it, and she shifts her weight from the branch entirely to the rope. I would like you to make a strength check. Not me! No! What's his face is helping me! <laughs> He's there, too! Go ahead. Make your roll. <laughs> An 18. Get wrecked! Right. What's up? All right. So, uh, with an 18... You clamp onto the rope and you dig your heels into the rocks on the edge of the precipice and you do not get pulled over the edge. Yay! Um, and almost immediately after that, you can feel some of the pressure uh, lighten as Ismark comes up behind you and grabs part of the coil of rope. Oh, and my God. I mean, on his action, actually ties the end of it nearest you around his waist. That's a lot smarter. Thank you. I did not think about that. So now I'm two of you are holding onto a rope. So you, you're able to determine a couple things right away. My, it's slippery up here. And two, <laughs> Arena weighs a lot more than she looks. Uh, oh, no. I think it might have the fact to do that she donned her armor uh, before, oh. before setting out on this expedition. Uh, so she's wearing uh, a fair amount of metal. Uh, so you and Ismark together are struggling to even just hold on to her, let alone start pulling her up. Um, but that's your action. And Paulton. You got oh, two kids. Paulton, you got two kids <laughs> under your arms. You got another kid you know in a bag in a wheelbarrow in front of you. And it looks like the hag, the mother hag, is dead. And DF and Evelyn are running in your direction. His family's growing by the moment. Yes. Paulton. Why do more kids keep popping up? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I guess I'll just kind of like wait for them to catch back up to me and be like, yeah. Hey, we're we're kind of we're okay. I think you kids are good. Y'all are good. We're good yeah. here. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah, you get you get a nod from the boy, and you get a, a little a chirp of a yes from the girl. All right, kids um, are okay. The kids are all right. 
Um, okay, and uh, then it's Diath's turn. Diath, you're terracing around the windmill toward the back. Yep. Uh, you're able to essentially uh, get back there with uh, double your movement. Yeah, okay. I can running action dash. Okay, great. Uh, then you then you still technically have an action left when you arrive. And you can see Strix is right at the edge of the precipice, um, <laughs> all of her weight basically being pulled down on the rocks that she's standing on. And Ismark is right behind her with a rope tied off. And they're clearly somebody hang, hanging on the end of the rope. And you can only imagine it's Arena. Oh. Uh, she's real heavy. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'll run up and uh, kind of get like an arm around like Strix's waist and just kind of kind of help with using my meek strength to kind of hold her as well. Okay. I mean, this is also a terrible idea, but... <laughs> All right. If it looks like Strix is about to go over. I'm going to run up and try to brace her or something. Yep. Okay, that you can do. And uh, Falcon, you're next. <laughs> I'm going to... Do I see Diath running? Yes. He's gone going, back behind the windmill. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to grip Diath by the waist and say, don't make this weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, it wasn't weird until you said something, bro. I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. I can't hear you in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now uh, Strix is being grabbed by Diath, who's being grabbed by uh, Falcon. And it is Evelyn's turn. It's just comical at this point. As soon as, yeah. soon as I see what's happening, I don't yes. even see what's at the end of the rope. I'm just running. Yep. And I, I see that there's someone and I'm like, don't worry, I'm on my way. <laughs> and I just jump off the cliff with my flying boots. Right. Dive toward. Uh, yes. Evelyn, Evelyn hurls herself off the cliff. She's a crazy woman. We uh, <laughs> know. What happened now? Ismark is initially surprised. He just sort of gasps at this move. And then when she starts to fly, he lets out an audible sigh of relief. It's like a swan dive. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you can pretty much, as you're falling, uh, you can see Arena is hanging onto the rope with both hands. The rope is very slippery and wet, and she's having trouble hanging on, but she's managing. Uh, uh, and she sees you sort of darting down toward her. Is there is there any extra rope? Like how how is there any hanging down below? Uh, so Strix, your rope was fifty feet long. Yeah. So yeah, uh, pretty much there's none uh, because she dropped about forty feet down on Arena, and Arena's forty feet down the cliff. Gotcha. And the other ten feet is currently being held by Strix and wrapped around his Mark's waist. And I have no I have no real lifting power when I'm flying, right? Correct. You can't bear the weight of two people, two full-size adult human people on your uh, winged boots. Okay. So if I were to just like kind of like support her under the arms to make sure she doesn't yes. lose grip of the rope, that would help. Yeah. Yes, you could lighten the load a bit. Okay. So I do that. I just kind okay. of like, like I put my arms under hers and I hold onto the rope too. Okay. It's lifeguard. It's called a rear huggy. Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I start talking to her, like trying to cheer her up and being like, isn't it great? We have friends. We can help us pull out <laughs> tough situations. And, yeah. and don't worry, we're all right. She, she seems very, very grateful for this help because she wasn't sure how long she'd be able to hold on. So she thanks you profusely. And also thanks, Lathander. Yeah, oh, I'm very excited by this. And I just uh, I start singing a song with yeah. her about Lathander. I'm just like, stop singing. <laughs> you think you might have a convert in Arena. Sweet. Oh, no. Yeah. Great. She's she's totally on board the Lathander train now. And I'm totally cuddling her too. Like we're just like besties. <laughs> Paulton. Go, let go. <laughs> <laughs> Paulton, not surprisingly, everybody sort of ran past you, mm -hmm. leaving you alone once again. 
<laughs> with the children out in front of the windmill this time. They're all in back now. Uh, okay. Would you like to leave the children in the, like the child in the wheelbarrow here or the kids here with the wheelbarrow and go back to help your friends? Or do you want to stick around with the children or what? Have <laughs> daddy now. <laughs> I just, I like, I kind of look between the two options. Yeah. Like, like kids, friends, kids, from just like, well, I might as well stay consistent. <laughs> I need to stay with the kids. Okay. Yeah. You kids owe me big time. Excellent. Alton, just letting you know. Alton does no favors. Yes. Uh, in that case, uh, since everybody else is distracted and don't, and Paulton isn't there to see it, the quote-unquote dead hag lying on the ground <gasps> isn't dead actually completely at all. And she staggers to her feet and comes at the party from behind. <gasps> oh, no! no. <laughs> this is how we all die! And she pushes Ismark, and he gets knocked forward into Falcon, who gets knocked forward into Diath, who gets knocked <laughs> forward into Strix, and she tries to barrel all four of you off the cliff. Oh. So, she is attempting a shove maneuver. No! <laughs> and... Uh, Plot twist, everyone dies but Paul. Yep. <laughs> so I would like... And the kids. Uh, I would like uh, DF and Strix and Falcon all to make strength athletics checks, please. Natural 20. I got... 16. Three. How did you do? Three. Okay, I'm just writing down the order here. So Strix was in front, then Diath, then Falcon, and then Ismark. And Ismark did pretty well. All right. Um, so, but the only one who actually beat the hag was Falcon. Slippery skin. Yes. <laughs> the, the good news is, is that only one character basically between <laughs> at it's that only point, way to be make it weird at that point the hag is so sort of weakened uh with her uh one remaining sort of um my aerodynamic body oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. as she shoves ismark into you um you have the resilience and the bracing to avoid being pushed out of your space and knocking your two new friends over the cliff um and so you sort of stop this whole sad cavalcade from happening. I'm and sorry it got weird, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's only weird if you make it weird. At that point, the hag is so sort of weakened uh, with her uh, one remaining hit point that she just sort of collapses and swears out loud that her plan didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, you see Ismark uh, turn around and stick, plunge a dagger into her eyeball. Uh, you beat me to it. And she falls, <laughs> he falls down dead. And uh, he says, to hell with you. And uh, she just twitches on the ground, clearly not going to get up again. Everything all right up there? Just like, yeah, it's not a nice place. I've been there. Halton, <laughs> what you see, uh, since you chose to remain with the kitties, you see uh, that um, that glittering hag who's dead about uh, 45, 50 feet away from you, uh, you see her 
begin to stagger to her feet. No! Son of a bitch! <laughs> what do you do? This apparently uh, appears to be quite a popular hag ploy. Probably something she taught her kids to do. If <laughs> attack. Play dead. Um. So how how far was she? Is she I'm gonna I'm gonna say she's about uh, forty feet away from you. Uh, in that case, could I cast dissonant whispers? Yeah. Yeah. Give her the brain pain. <laughs> horrible, horrible whispers begin to fill her head, and she has to make a wisdom saving throw. She rolled a two. Nice. So you do 3d6 psychic damage. Three. So, three, six, 11. She clutches her head and drops dead. <laughs> no one likes your pie. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Thud. <laughs> and we are now out of combat. You're able to get Irina back up top and nothing nothing uh when arena gets up top uh she's very both ismark and her are extremely grateful uh to all of you um i give arena like a huge hug and i like straighten her hair for her and like (laughs) pat her cheeks i'm just like i'm so glad we shared that moment together just strengthen our friendship i just i know that it's gonna help us together fight the good fight i give everyone a hug Yeah. I'm just like, oh, please don't hug me. Are you, do, you, do you give the naked man a hug? Do you? I give, I give a slightly more lingering hug. <laughs> as like, soon as he goes to touch me, I instantly change back into a raven. <laughs> All right. Bro, I thought you said don't make it weird. Yeah. He just rests on his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, that's, 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 cool. that's far less uh, what you were hoping yeah. for, Diaz. No, All that's right. understandable. All his clothes are still inside the window. Yes. Yes. So you can gather up your clothes, Falcon. And no. uh, why? You've got, you've got two hag corpses. They are clearly dead. You don't know what happened. To, well, the third is down in the mist below at the bottom. Of the mist. Um, and uh, and you've got three children, Paulton. Good for me. Is one yeah. of them still in the bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, when you're under the top of the bag, you can see sort of a, a crazy-haired uh, young lad um, uh, between the ages of the other two, essentially uh, bundled up and terrified in here. Uh, but once you free him from the sack, he's got no other bonds or things, and he, he pops out. And uh, you can see he starts, like, pushing over the cart and stomping on the pies and seems quite angry. It's like, you Okay. Uh, he begins to tell you this sad story about how the old woman came to his house and his parents who had been given free pies in the past didn't have the money to pay for the pies this time and so they gave him to the hag (gasps) god damn dude (laughs) (laughs) that's how you console a child yes (laughs) damn dude dude. Yeah, so he seems he's, uh, but once he's stomped on all the pies, uh, his anger seems to dissipate and he just sort of sinks into a sobbing heap. Oh, I'm just like, just we- awkwardly patting his back, like, you, <laughs> got, yeah. you got and, it all, you good? Yeah. The young, yeah, the young girl, Myrtle, she sort of expresses a similar story. She was given up by her parents. What? 
um, in order so that they could they could escape uh, Barovia by eating dream pies. Oh no. I, as soon as I hear this, I'm like, well, isn't it great then that you have Daddy Paulton here to take care of you now? Oh, hold up now. Hold <laughs> and I have like this, like, heart, hearts for eyes, like, oh, it's so sweet, Paulton, that you're taking care of these little ones. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to start looting yeah. them. I want to see if there's anything on these dead bodies that's magical and I can use. Oh, sure. Um, you can see that apart from some grisly accoutrements, things that only hags could appreciate as being... Uh, I might appreciate them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you, can, you can see that the mother hag has a cord around her neck with a rotted heart. Ooh. What looks like a, uh, a goat's heart. Gross. Um, it's all dried and desiccated. And you can see she's actually sort of... Um, uh, stuck a few uh, little pins in it and, uh, you know, carved some protective sigils. You think it's like some sort of crude um, totemic talisman. Cool. Can I do any sort of arcana check to know what it is, to identify yeah. it? Uh, you can certainly identify that it has no magical properties whatsoever. Oh, it's just a, a yep. thing? Yeah. It's a goo guy. Is it going well? Yeah. I know. I never know when you're going to need it, so I just take right. it from her. Uh, you can also see that uh, she's got some hollowed-out finger bones as rings, mm. um, but that's it. Nothing of nothing of particular value. I'll take those too. Okay. <laughs> After uh, examining and searching through the hag corpses, if we don't find anything, I yeah. grab them by their arms and drag them to the cliff and throw <laughs> the bodies over. Okay, done. You dispose of them in unceremonious fashion. As they I'm fall like, down, I give them the finger. I'm like looking at the rings. I'm like, what do you think of this, Diaz? Do you think this would look cool in my hand? I'm just like, <laughs> do, you think, do you think these look good? Evelyn, do you want one? Actually, oh, yeah, okay. Thanks, though. They look <laughs> better on you than they would on me. I hold, I hold the heart in front of your face, just like really, like way too close. Like you can <laughs> smell it. That smells, that smells really disgusting. Ismark says, perhaps we should take <laughs> refuge inside the, the windmill now that the hags have been dispatched. Well, that's fine to take refuge there, but as soon as we leave, we're going to have to burn it. That is okay. All right. I actually agree with Evelyn for once. Uh, I did barricade the door. Evelyn, would you mind yeah. flying back inside and getting it unbarricaded for us? It should be no problem for you. Absolutely. And I, um, while they've been saying this, could I have been going around and asking what the children's names are? Can you tell me what their names are? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so the, the young girl is named Myrtle. I already told you that. Uh, the boy that you rescued from the crate uh, next to Myrtle, he, he has a very unfortunate name. His name is Freak. Oh, no. F-R-E-E-K. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other boy you rescued, his name is... Excuse me for a moment. Oops, too far. Uh, his name is Emmerich. Emmerich is the one that was smashing the pies, right? That's right, yep. I say, now little ones, I'm going to go back in that windmill, and you don't have to come with me, but Emmerich, if you want to smash some more stuff, you can smash anything you want in there. You want to come with me? Yeah, he goes to town. He's he's happy when you when you do that. It's giving him something to take his frustrations out of. He just starts smashing pots and all kinds of crap. Okay, so I fly him up with me in, and I let him smash stuff while I go let everybody else in. Yeah, Evelyn's like the worst parent ever. She's like, just break, <laughs> break whatever you want. You know, just destroy this place. I give as I'm flying though. I'm telling him like it's okay to smash stuff because this stuff is all evil, and we were <laughs> <do> that. <laughs> I like your worldview. Yeah. All right. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So he takes it out on the evil pots and evil other things. In yeah. Here. Uh, he also finds a chest full of frogs and uh, begins to crush and smash them. Oh, no, 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 no not those. those. Those aren't evil frogs. Those are captured just like you were. We have to be nice to the frogs. See, frog is friend. In that case, he sort of, he dumps them out and they all go hopping and skipping across the floor and out toward the door. And a few of them stick around and just sort of croak on things, but most <laughs> go outside into the rain. Okay. I'm going to play with all the frogs. And have there you go. Yeah, you're rolling around the ground. They're like <laughs> hopping all over you. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm like, they're so neat. They're like coming out of my like crazy robes and just like. <laughs> right, yeah. One of, them just, of, one of them hides in one of the pockets of your robes. And yeah, and I'm like, oh, not there. I still have a huge wound right okay. there. Don't jump in that. <laughs> right, yes. So for the rest of the campaign now, Holly, you can just have like ro- frogs pop out of your clothing. Yeah, just like. Yeah. You people are very strange, <laughs> but you have my utmost respect for dealing with this problem for the Barovians. Thank you. And you mine. What exactly was in these pastries? You seem to know what they were. Oh, terrible evil. They, they curse whoever eats them and sends them into a false reality where everything is pure and good, when in reality, everything in the bad world is happening around them. Are we sure them. Evelyn hasn't eaten these the whole time? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting even like the mean side eye right now. Just, mm. <laughs> just keep an eye on the children. Make sure they do not eat anything. Don't, don't eat don't. anything except for food that's good for you and not evil pastry. <laughs> Waffles. Waffles. <laughs> um, I also see if Myrtle wants to play with Juniper. I'm like really <laughs> cheer the kids up. So I'm like, I have a little oh, yeah. to play with her. Yeah, when you when you when you take that out and you introduce uh, uh, Myrtle is excited and thrilled. Uh, she she uh, um, lets out a little, cracks a little smile. I tell her that I've been training Juniper to like sit up, like I've been teaching her a little trick. So I I yeah. tell her to. As you're, as you're sort of watching the kids, you can see Emmerich is yeah he's a bit of a hothead, but he's a lively character. Um, uh, and Myrtle is a, a very charming, likable young girl uh, with a pretty good vocabulary for her age. Uh, Freak is a little bit odd. He seems to be, um, for lack of a better description, dead inside. Uh, there's like nothing there. Um, mm-hmm. You try to engage him and he just sort of gives you blank, stupid stares. Uh, there's just no spark of anything behind those eyes. Can I try playing him a little song? Oh, yeah, I think it's going to help, Alton. Absolutely, no bad attitude. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can play him a ribald song. Okay, cool. Uh, what do we got? So, so I go to I go to Freak, and I'm like, okay, um, first and foremost, the Freak. I'm not exactly comfortable saying your name all the time, <laughs> so uh, I'm just gonna call you Jimmy. Is that cool? Jimmy. Jimmy? Little Jimmy? You want to be a little Jimmy? Yeah, he doesn't give you really any indication whether or not Jimmy is a better name than Freak in his mind. Okay, we're going to go with Jimmy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play you a little song on my lute here. You like music? You probably like music. I don't think you're going to answer. Anyway, on to the song. And I play him a little song. All right. I gather the other kids and sit cross-legged with them and like intensely watch the song. And I'm like... <gasps> okay. uh, make a performance check. Yes. Yeah. Is okay. Eighteen. All right. Uh, it is a great song, and the other children just love it to pieces. Um, 
uh, you have you have endeared yourself to them uh, for evers and evers. Um, you can see uh, Freak. He just sort of like tilts his head weirdly, like he doesn't really understand even that music is supposed to be uplifting. Um, uh, uh, but at the same time, uh, he he does actually just sort of sit there and listen, almost like he's entranced. Almost like, yeah, it is sinking in, um, but you'll have to keep playing like for a long time before he really sort of gets it. Um, but he, he's just kind of uh, very, very quiet, very, very still, almost hypnotized by the music. All right, all right. Tough crowd, first show. I get that. Well, he'll come around. He'll come around, buddy. Don't yeah. Worry. And as Don't you worry. sort of move, as you move around the room and stuff like that, he just follows you around. <laughs> nice. Like this shadow, basically. <laughs> okay. Looks like you got a little friend there. Is this yeah. a day between hugs of frogs? Yeah. So he's obviously grafted onto you, but there doesn't seem to be any real sort of emotional depth or reason why. I, uh, I take Falcon aside and I say, as someone who's familiar with the darker side of this area and knows how, you know, we've seen some, some vampires, we've seen some hags, should we be worried about the condition of this little one? Is there any indication that he might be uh, turning to the darkness? Yes, he is Strahd, and you should fear for your life. I joke. It's a joke. <laughs> no. I, I take him totally serious for a second. I'm like, what? Oh, good one. I bring the tone down. I put a serious face on, and I say, unfortunately, there is no help for the poor boy. He is born this way, and he will die this way. Oh, poor thing. But not evil, just kind of empty afflicted by Strahd well the land itself yes and I guess Strahd is the root of all that ah one of those soulless ones we've been told about that's maybe maybe Lathander will gift him with a soul oh god can we just take a nap (laughs) Lathander all I know is morning lord no yes Lathander I'm putting two frogs to my ears going no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I beckon Falcon to pray with me and I just go into no! I go into deep prayer that Lathander might bless little freak with a soul. It's like yeah. it's very it's very clear songs that are louder than her. <laughs> There's the bagpipes. Um yeah, so Falcon, it's very clear from your interactions with Evelyn that uh it could be that in her world the Morning Lord is Lathander, or that's the that's the form that he's taken there. Um, it could See. be one and the same. I awkwardly follow her strange customs <laughs> prayer. So very well. With the children. And every time you say the morning lord, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Lathander, the morning lord. Like, yeah. yeah. When- <laughs> Maybe you're speaking of Mother Night, actually. No, too bright. Too bright. Mm-hmm. I'm Falcon, sorry. not to pardon my intrusion, but I do have... One please question. intrude, please intrude. Okay. <laughs> no. I, I, I pick you up from the shoulder and let Elon continue on. Sorry, Elon, but this one's important. Elkin, who is Escher? Ah, uh, a name I've not heard anyone else say in a very long time. He is uh, a very, very dear companion of mine. Before I was turned, I do not know how long ago this was. Memory and time seems to be a lucid dream to me since being aware even. However, yes, 
he was the light in this town of Barovia. There's very few lights, and he was mine. Uh, however, he fell ill and was taken. And I do fear that Strad has taken his body and used it for evil purposes. Raised from the dead. Oh, no. Please, if you see him, make it swift. Thank you. Sorry you made your, your friend a Dusty. It sucks, but hey, <laughs> I'm aware, Raven. That is pretty cool. Thank you. Nice frogs, by the way. <laughs> I'll to listen to you. If she talks again, I'll put them back on. Is there any reason Strahd would want Escher over others? No, he takes what he wants, and if someone stands in his way or he sees a fitting corpse with which to rise, he will take it. I don't think Escher is anything special to him. How would we recognize Escher should we see him? That's a good question. Know. If you want to describe him, uh, I can I can furnish you with a bit of information. Uh, Escher, uh, Falcon would probably describe him in when he was alive as a uh, young man full of life, uh, long blonde hair, uh, quite attractive, uh, naturally charismatic personality, uh, sort of the life of the party kind of guy. Um, atypical, not a not a not atypical Barovian in a lot of ways. Um, his, uh, he came from a particularly old family, uh, the Deliznia family, um, that, re that, that, uh, has been around since for ages. All right. I fear there is nothing left of that person that once was like, like freak, but worse. Oh, freak. I, I gave him like He's a standing right here, man. Gave him like a, cool. a static, a stoic nod. Yeah, it doesn't seem to bother Freak at all that you're talking about him in any way, shape, or form. Hey, Freak, you suck. It's like, hey, don't say that to him. Yeah, it may be true, but we don't need to say it. It hurts his feelings. All right, uh, I am also going to uh, with. Falcon's help, I guess. Uh, identify one of these uh, gross, cursed pastries within this wow. windmill, and I'm going to take it and pocket it. Okay. Do we notice he does this? Anyone? I'm not trying to hide it. Should I roll a perception check to see if I notice? Oh, sure. You could do that. Uh, I I am completely. <laughs> You're I am, what do you think? I'm, I'm deep in prayer I don't notice anything at all I'm, I'm like overcome I'm like maybe songs. I'm like not even there nice all right then so no all right um the uh arena turns to you falcon and says uh, I have never been to Valaki have you been to Valaki do you know what we are to find there Yes, it lies in the heart of the valley. It's uh, the Burgomaster. I think his name is Baron Vargas Alakovic. Uh, it's, it's not a bad man. They can provide sanctuary, the Martikovs of Valaki. I think they own some inn, perhaps. It's, I have not been there in a long time, but something... Yeah, you know, you know that the, the name of the inn is the Blue Water Inn. Yes, the Blue Water Inn. Uh, 
if you need a place to lie low, perhaps recover your wounds, I suggest you go there and seek out the Blue Water Inn. Uh, I would Mark- like to recover my wounds. I yell. Don't we all? <laughs> Some are too deep, however. Oh, no. Damn. So sorry. Smooth <laughs> ringing down. Uh, sorry. How far away is the lackey from here? Uh, and I don't know. Without wings, uh, human fleshy legs. In a long time. Are our horses still outside? Or? Uh, they are. Sweet. We didn't lose Valentina. Nope. There's some loyal ass horses. Yep. Because <laughs> we're you know, not vampires or they're not you know evil or terrible or who only knows. Yep. Valentina and Walter. Walter. Yep. Well, all right. Okay. Uh, can we just like take a long rest here to sure re- health and spells and all that? Yep. All right. Yeah. Let's all t- let's all rest here, and when we leave in the morning, all right. turning down. Yes. So uh, you're able to rest uh, without disturbance. It's actually pretty quiet up here, in the mountains, uh, other than the sound of the rain and the thunder. Uh, nothing's bother you in the night and when you wake up uh, you do have all of your uh, hit points and uh, abilities back uh, spells back and whatnot so that's all good news uh, the bad news is it is still kind of raining outside um, so um, this place is not likely to burn easily yeah um, but you can certainly set fire to what's inside it yeah well, we can mess up the inside real good absolutely uh, before I do that, I'm going to give a one last thorough investigation of the whole place to make sure right. there's nothing I could be missing. Yes. Let us. Do you, want, do you want to roll on that at all or no? Nope. I'll just uh, okay. say you're able to find anything of value. You have lots of time to search. I'll, uh, I'll take 20. So uh, there is um, there the more dream pastries, of course. Uh, and then there's the big barrel of greenish black demon ichor. That's tricks. That's tricks identified. Uh, in the middle of the lower room. I think you basically plundered the cabinet of anything of value, taking Strix, was it you who took the elixirs? Yes, yeah, I yes. got them. Yeah, you got you got uh, three different elixirs out it of that. It was uh, Mother's Milk, and were the other two? Uh, so the first elixir was labeled Youth, and it was a sort of a golden syrup. Right. The second one was labeled Laughter, and it looks uh, like a thin red liquid. All right. And then the third one was labeled Mother's Milk. And would I, would I be able to know what these do, or am I? Just yeah, if you wanted to spend part of the night, basically yeah. just giving them a quick study. Yeah, I'll uh, do that. Uh, make an Arcana check for each one. Let's start with the youth potion. Okay. Oh wow, got twenty for youth. Woo. Okay, you think that this might be the genuine thing that it, drinking it actually makes you younger, but you also suspect that it's a temporary thing hmm. that, it would, that it would wear off after a time. Right. Uh, it's hard to gauge how much younger, but like uh, it's possible like you could look like a teenager or somewhere thereabouts. Nice. Uh, make your roll for the second elixir called Laughter. Next one I got a uh, 22. Okay, this doesn't appear to be a magical formula at all, but it does seem to carry within its uh, liquid uh, some sort of an infectious disease that you identify Ooh. as cackle fever. Ew. Yes. Now that you've probably being a plane traveler that you are, you have doubtless come across creatures infected with this particularly virulent and um, unpopular disease. So I will describe its effects to you in case you say wish to use this for ill. I I will at some point. (laughs) 
Almost certainly. Nasties in the world. <laughs> yes. So, uh, cackle, figure, cackle, cackle fever targets humanoids, although gnomes are strangely immune. Oh. While in the grips of this disease, victims frequently succumb to fits of mad laughter, giving the disease its common name and its morbid nickname, the Shrieks. Uh, yeah. Symptoms manifest after 1D4 hours after infection. They include fever and disorientation, and uh, the infected creature gains exhaustion uh, that can't be removed until the disease is cured. And any event that causes the infected creature great stress forces it to make a saving throw. If it fails, it takes psychic damage and becomes incapacitated with mad laughter for at least a minute. Right. So, and at the end of each, if you're keep this disease for a long time, you get to make new saving throws to try to prevent it from causing even more further harm to you. Interesting. So it can be quite nasty and incapacitating. Uh, you want to make your check for the third yeah. elixir? Mother's milk. Is actual milk. Yep. 22 again. Apparently Very good. You identify this as a non-magical poison called Ooh. pale tincture. And pale tincture is an ingested poison. And a creature that is subjected to the poison must make a saving throw or take poison damage and be poisoned, which is a game effect that inhibits their ability to function properly. And they, uh, they get to repeat the saving throw only after every 24 hours. So if they fail the initial save, they can oh. be poisoned for a hell of a long time. And they continue to take damage on each failed save. So uh, they can be poisoned for days and days and days and slowly die. Wow. And after... Um, until the poison ends, the damage the poison deals can't be healed. Oh, geez. That's, so. a, that's a nasty one. Yep. Uh, uh, other than that, you see a chicken coop with three chickens, a rooster, and a bunch of eggs in it. And you see a wooden trunk that is now empty of toads. Uh, oh, I'm going to let the roosters and chickens go free, too. Okay. Fly, be free. <laughs> Yay, I chucks. was going to say dinner. Hey, in other areas, DF, in, in the upstairs bedchamber in a sort of rotting mattress you find uh six pieces of what you estimate to be cheap jewelry they're worth about 25 gold pieces each dope i take them all right so there you got six pieces of jewelry 25 gold each that's not an untidy sum i don't know how much gold is going to help us and right well, Barovia, but well you never know um i can, but, I can use it as bargaining chips if something yes yes uh, Falcon can tell you that there are, there are you know guards in Balaki who might accept bribes and things like that. Okay, so that's good. I'll hold on to them. That's all you were able to find, however, after tossing this place. All right, cool. I'll inform the rest of the party that there's nothing else here. So when we're ready to move on and scorch this thing from the inside out. Yeah, we got to get rid of that demon icor. I saved some just you know in case, but that stuff we don't want anyone. You have a you have a tube of it or something? Yeah, I got a, I got a gourd of it. Okay. All right. You can throw it in someone's eyes, you know. Sure. Uh, based on based on what uh, Falcon can sort of uh, tell you and what you can actually tell just by uh, looking out over the valley, um, when you wake up in the morning, um, you can see that the rain isn't particularly heavy. It's sort of like a misty Seattle rain. And there is a fog down in the valley under uh, below the windmill, and you'll be heading down into the valley to reach Balaki. Uh, the road will slowly wend its way down there and you'll be cutting through a uh, large forest uh, in order to get to the town. And uh, so you might encounter wolves. Falcon will, will warn you about that. Um, the other thing is that um, uh, 
Anybody who wants to see if they can see the town from this perch can make a perception check. Sure, why not? Yeah, nothing to lose. Doesn't hurt. Perch. What do you? Nineteen. Good. I have a seven. I'm looking at the ground. Yeah. Uh, You're able to ascertain because enough of you rolled high enough that it looks like you would be able to reach the town by midday. Oh, wow. That's closer than I thought it would be. Excellent. And you're on horse. You'll have your horses. So that's part of the reason why your travel is expedited. It might help us get past a lot of those wolves in the forest then. Yeah. Is everybody done with the windmill with bone grinder? Everyone done with it? (laughs) <laughs> Other than maybe Diath wanting to set some fires. No, we have to set it on fire. Right, that's what I was saying. I was going to start. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather dispose of any and all evil that's inside of this. Yes. Okay, so you lay down some straw, and you, uh, there's lots of crate crates and stuff that you can break up in the cabinet. You can break up and just scatter the place full of tinder and all that business. <laughs> set, set fires all around so that by the time you're sort of out and on your horses, there's just gales of smoke billowing out of the structure. This also works as a uh, warning for Strahd. He's going to see this and he'll know. Right. Yeah. I think he knows already. Yes, he (laughs) does. Well, good. Now he knows we're not afraid. And and if you want, uh, well, no, you discarded the hide corpses. I was going to say you could throw them and be burned as well. Yeah, I threw them over the cliff. They're disposed of already. Yeah. Great. I'm going to burn those too. That might have been a good idea. Yes. Uh, Now, uh, Ismark actually would like to take Paulton aside before you guys set out and have a private conversation. Are you game for that, Paulton? Sure. What do you Uh, need, buddy? He says... I know that you have grown very close to the children, but I am worried that uh, it might be dangerous to take them on the rest of your adventure. But I trust you to take care of my sister, Irina, and see her safely to Valaki. If you do this, I will take the children back to Barovia with me and guard them with my own life. I think that sounds good. I think that's best for the daddy Paulton just giving him up so easily. I want what I want what's best for No, the- he just gotta give him to weekend, Dad. <laughs> uh and then after talking with you, uh the rest of you can see Ismark go over to Arena and say, My sister, this is where I must leave you. These children, they can't carry on with us. I must take them back to the village, make sure that they are looked after and that their parents pay for what they have done. I start crying softly, like, but they were just such sweet little ones. I just, and I give them each like hugs and like cry on their hair. And... Freak, freak just kind of stiffens and snarls a little bit when you kind of grab him. <laughs> uh, but the others, the others hardly embrace you. Um, How about Ward is Mark? We'll keep her safe. I, I, I collect Juniper from Myrtle, but is she like upset when I take Juniper back or is she okay? No, she's all right. Okay. I tell her that Juniper will be waiting to play with her next time. She claps. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so Ismark will stand there with the three children holding their hands as you guys ride off on the horses and Irina will just sort of look back over her shoulder as her brother gets more and more distant behind her. Uh, but She holds on uh, to whoever she's riding with and uh, you guys move on. I know it's best for them, but it was just such a beautiful time we spent together. Oh, bye. <laughs> 
<laughs> bye kids. I try wave like without anyone seeing me. I'm like, bye. I throw a frog. Nice. <laughs> right. I don't acknowledge their departure. Yes. Uh, Emmerich will actually, as the frog comes hopping over, he'll actually pick it up and just sort of hold it protectively. Yay! Aww. Like he's got I a turn, new buddy. As we're riding away, I like turn back and I look at Freak. I'm just like, be strong, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, maybe we haven't seen the last of Freak. <laughs> And you begin to make your way down through the rain, down the mountainside, into the valley and the woods. Uh, and uh, other than the occasional distant roll of thunder, uh, you don't have any encounters making your way down. Now, the old Svalik road meanders through the valley, and it's watched over by dark brooding mountains to the north and south. Uh, the woods recede, revealing a sullen mountain berg surrounded by a wooden palisade. And this is around exactly when you expected to reach Valaki, around noon, noonish, but it's still pretty dark. Thick fog presses up against this palisade wall as though looking for a way inside, hoping to catch the town unawares. The dirt road that you're on ends at a set of sturdy iron gates with a pair of shadowy figures standing behind them. Planted in the ground and flanking the road outside the gates are a half dozen pikes with wolf heads impaled on them. Oh. I'm going to like hold my hands up even though I'm kind of holding on to yep. the time. And I'm like, that's what Madam Eva said. She said three wolf heads that what? my brother is there. Yes. And my reunion. Okay, that's, yes. I don't know if it's going to be that kind of reunion. It's probably going to be more of the, like, I'm going to kill you reunion. Have you even lived anywhere else other than your happy land? I don't even, whatever. Uh, so I pretty much tell everyone, I'm just like, we need to be cautious. If these people have any kind of infernal or, like, let's just say not everyone's as nice and frog-loving as I am. Capiche? I hate people, so yes. I'm sure it'll work out better than you assume. You know better you than anyone. Be quiet when this happens. You're just gonna not talk. How about that, Evelyn? Just total silence. Just pretend. Just pretend that you can't talk for like you know five minutes. Strix, you would know better than any of us. If you see anything that might be off, just let us know. I will. I have something to ask before we enter this town to you all. What are you doing here? Why were you drawn to this land? We heard they had some real good waffles. We just wanted to try them out. <laughs> well, it wasn't here. I'm not even sure where we were trying to go, but we heard from someone and in that a place had good waffles and we just ended up here. And apparently I needed to babysit, so. But since you've been here, you've already cleansed the land of hags and probably other things as well. Do you have perhaps another purpose now? Well, obviously, Lathander is using us for his great, important purpose. Right. So, truthfully, there's also so this vampire that kind of like picked us up and put us in another place unwillingly. It's just the whole thing. More, yeah, more uh, of that one than the Lathander thing. Yeah, that one. The honest truth is, we don't know why we're here. We were brought here against our will. We saw some arcan demonic figure one night with glowing red eyes above our campfire. Next thing we knew, we were here in this land. 
So the devil has his eyes on you. You're his And we saw, don't forget that we saw Dia's body hanging from the leafless tree early on. And I'm. Yeah, I haven't forgotten. I want to know why that happened. Falcon, you said that we're Strahd's plaything? Everybody is his plaything once you're in the fog. I'm sorry, but you're trapped. Well, I mean, trapped is such a interpretable word. There's oh. doors everywhere, Falcon. We can many, find doors anywhere. Many Spoken have like tried to leave, and <laughs> I've never seen one make it alive other than the Vistani. And I don't think I, you're Vistani. We're I not. We'll find our doors. Don't worry. You don't know all, me. All doors lead home. It's true. So, though oh, we're here against our will, our and we would like, though we're here against our will, I and mean, we'd like nothing more than to leave, but it's clear that we're here for a purpose. And the people <sighs> here either need us or hope or something. At least we, we do. try to provide that. We do need something. And in all honesty, I've seen countless groups of people invited here, find here, and none of them leave alive. However, you all show tenacity I've never seen before. Perhaps there is hope for you all. When he says that, I look like so happy that he said that. And I'm like, you're right. We are special, aren't we? I just give him a big hug. No, we're special, all right. <laughs> before I remember seeing my own dead body and... Uh, I feel not exactly at ease at what he said. Yeah, that was pretty special. <laughs> I will, however, say that I will not be following you on this journey. <gasps> Why? I, cannot, I fear Strahd the devil. I am not prepared to face him, the person who took Escher from me. And I am also not prepared to see what has become of Escher himself. So perhaps I will call upon you and see you as a raven now and again, but I cannot face it. Even with your your strength, I do not have it myself. It's just so many goodbyes in one day. Yeah. You've already oh. done more for us than we could ever have imagined. And you helped the town of Barovia and the children from the hags, so I'm in your debt. We're in each other's debt. I wrap up one of my little snacks I gave him in the beginning and just hand it to him. Oh. Is that a frog? Final no, it's a snack. It's a snack. Oh, good. Thank I don't know you. what it is, but it probably won't kill you. Yeah. I drop everything all the time. It's the shape shifting, but I'll try my best. To <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. a raven. You'll have a stronger stomach. I will do. Thank you. And on that you note, us, you'll know where to find us and where we're going. Oh, I know how to find you. You're very easy to find. You make a huge <laughs> a trail of burning buildings. Oh. I'll follow that. If you see a raven, don't throw stones. It could be me. <laughs> of course. I thank you for your guidance. No problem. And I right. wish you the best of luck. You're going to need it. Do not Just underestimate the devil. And nod seriously. For old time's sake, do you want to do a naked hug? <laughs> I immediately puff into Raven. <laughs> all these flows drop around you. And I just do the widest stance possible, arm spread. <laughs> Bring it in, buddy. Oh, come here, man. Oh. <laughs> I ship it. <laughs> it's not weird. 
then I poof into a raven and then yes. call and float off into the distance. All right. I, as, as you leave, I like hover a little bit with my boots, like goodbye. Okay. Irina says maybe we should bundle up his clothes in case he comes back. <laughs> That's you want to carry him, sure. I'll do in that. The distant shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, okay. you, have, you have little bundles all over the place. You're covered. <laughs> Well, not at the moment he's not covered, if you know what I mean. Oh, that's true. Yes. So I just wrote a note that says, Arena has Falcon's clothes. Or if his sock. (laughs) My sock. sock. (laughs) You could probably run away with a sock in your clutches if you wanted to. I'll take a single sock off. Because it's always the socks (laughs) that are getting lost. You keep running running out of socks. The Um, one consistent sock. Yes. (laughs) You did notice that he ne- he never had any matching socks. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was a Barovian custom or something. I don't know this place. All right. Uh, so the the were raven has taken its leave. You are now alone with Irina, and uh, you are outside the gates. As you the the figures, the shadowy figures behind the gates appear to be two human guards, one male, one female. They're holding pikes, which are big, long halberd-like length weapons. Um, clearly long enough to stab through the bars of the gates if they had to, but that doesn't seem to be their intent. They do, however, look very guarded um, and uh, stiff uh, uh, at their posts, watching you closely as you draw near. All right. Well, Evelyn, you want to throw some some of that shine you got on these mean, angry-looking people? Evelyn or Paulton, you seem to be pretty good at uh, talking to people. I, I say, all right. And I step forward and I say, we come in light and love in the name of Lathander. All hail the morning Lord. Uh, the woman says, are you Vistani? No. Is that a problem? No. And then the man says, are you servants of the devil's strad? Oh, no, certainly not. We are anti-servants. I pointed the burning windmill. That was us. <laughs> hey, screw that guy. Yeah. Where do you come from, destroyer of windmills? <laughs> <laughs> this is Diath, Windmills Bane. He hails from. <laughs> Where do you hail from, Diath? I forget. Uh, well, I mean, we come from a distant land. Daggerford? Probably never heard of it. Bane. And we come, we came in search of waffles. But now we seek to destroy the devil's strad and restore light and beauty to this land. They have good waffles at the Blue Water Inn. Oh, God. Oh, let's go there. That's the place. He says, we allow you in, but do not, do not bring harm down upon us. No harms. No harm. We totally got it. No harm. You dare think of it. No harm. The Burgomaster will not stand for it. No harm, only hugs. And I go and try to hug them. Through the gate? Yeah. Like I reach through it like this. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, they they seem a little bit alarmed by... <laughs> it, it, it's sort of like uh, 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 people over um, in the... 
in some backward or backwater land meeting an American tourist for the first time. <laughs> I don't understand why you're so friendly. Um, <laughs> the truth, it's too real. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but they say, if you will stand back, we will open the gate. All right. Nice to meet back. All right. Then they will part the gates and allow you and your horses to enter. And as you come in, they don't stop you from hugging them. Oh, I relish this moment with them and I okay. smile broadly. Uh, they don't seem to have much affection to give to them or anyone else, uh, but they, uh, they, there's something about them to suggest that they have crossed paths with outsiders before. Hmm. This is not their first encounter with weird people from beyond. It seems to me that you may have crossed paths with outsiders before. Can you tell us about any other adventuring groups that may have been around these parts? Uh, he says, uh, well, the, the woman says, I have seen a number of strangers come through town from time to time. Some even claimed to be here to help us, and we never saw them again. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, the fellow says, the weirdest one we have seen lately is a guest at a Blue Water Inn. He has pointed ears. <gasps> um, pointed ears. He does not look like you. And he looks at Strix. <laughs> 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 what sort of creature are you? I have never seen a type I'm, of you. I'm 100% human. I just have some birth defects. <laughs> you, look, you look like the Burgomaster's henchman. Who was the Burgermaster's henchman? Isaac Strasny. Strasny? What's that? That is his name. That's his, that's his name. Does he? How, how does he look? Does he look like me? Does he have maybe like like a mean face and teeth and like? He has he has a fiendish cast, yes, and he has a a, a, a what do you say devilish arm. Oh no! It doesn't look like it belongs on the rest of his body. Well, that's the you find the, this henchman. He does the Burgomaster's building. He does roam the town from time to time and enforce the Burgomaster's edicts. We often found him inside the Burgomaster's mansion. That's so weird that Strix would like totally randomly have these birth defects that would totally coincidentally make her look like this other person in this town where there would never be anyone of her family in that we know of. That's right, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two guards try to process what you're saying to them, but they don't quite understand you. Uh, they say, the Blue Water Inn offers food, wine, and shelter to you types. A strange, the stranger with pointed ears is staying there. He came, what did he say? What was uh, he turns to the woman and says, uh, he came from Barovia from a distant land, like you, uh, riding in on Carnival Wagon. Carnival Wagon. Ah. Right, well. Uh, and uh, they say, the guards say, the Burgomaster Baron Vargas Velakovich has decreed that the festival of the blazing sun will be held in Helm Square in three days. You could stay around for that if you wanted. That sounds Sorry, like it involves a theater. The other, the woman says, you missed the festival of the Wolf's Head Jamboree. Oh, that <laughs> one sounds better. Yeah, it looked like it was awesome. She looks wearily at the other guard and says, that one was last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were hoping to find uh, Baron Bartikov at the Blue Water Inn. 
Baron Volakovich never goes to the Blue Water Inn. Oh. He stays. He stays in his mansion at all hours, except when the festival is on. Then he is present. Didn't he did you tell us like some friend he had at the Blue Water Inn? Did I write it down wrong? Oh yeah, he told you. Um, uh, Falcon told you that. Uh, look for the Martikovs. Martikov. The Martikovs run the Blue Water Inn. Yeah, that guy. They're a family. We're looking for that family. They're friends of ours. They don't happen to be related to the henchman guy, right? Uh, no, they're different families. But uh, Martikov, very old family in this land. Been around for a long time. The, uh, the innkeepers are Erwin and Danica Martikov. They're good people. Erwin and Danica. They have two kids, two, two boys. Trouble, but it's good. Their boy's name is Trouble? No, no, no. The boy's <laughs> name, what what are what are the Martigov boys' names again? I can't remember. <laughs> Female guard, she's she's like, oh, their names are uh uh I can't even find it. It's okay, we just we just gotta keep handling one right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the um uh, uh their names are Brahm and Bray. Brahm as in uh B-R-O-M and Bray as in B-R-A-Y. Like what a donkey says. Exactly what a donkey says. Uh, yeah, they they good boys. They all right. Uh, and the female says, perhaps you, the female guard says, perhaps you should get on your way. Yes, we should. Thank you. Well, if you if you don't want to chat anymore, I guess. So. They, all, they close the gates. <laughs> uh, she says, we cannot shirk our duties. We have to watch for wolves. See? Seem like you're doing a fantastic job of it so far. Did you see any dire wolves? We did not. Our journey was peaceful. Good. All right. Well, let's go find the Martikovs. All right. Uh, so you head into Valakai, and that's where we'll end it for today. And I want to let you guys know that you gained a level. Oh, yay! So when we come back next week, be sure to level up your character to the big level four. Yay! Just enough to take on Strahd. <laughs> okay, big note. Level up to four. Right. Yep. And I am to tell the masses that Shadows of the Vampire comic by Jim Zub coming in two weeks. Oh. Well. One, two weeks. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also to let people know that next week we will have a guest. A uh, resident of Valaki will be helping or perhaps hindering the party uh, <laughs> in the guise of Erica Ishii. Oh, Erica! So, tune in next week for Dice Camera Action and loads of fun. And uh, thank you, Chris Trot. Thank you. Hey, Chris. That's our special guest. Had a great awesome. time. Well yes. played. Yeah. We're going to miss you and all the naked antics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to legitimately miss our bird friend. (laughs) You will meet new friends as well. And new enemies. All right. uh, So next week, Valaki. And uh, does anybody else have uh, something they'd like to talk about before we wrap this up and uh, call it a week? Always bring a sock with you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, as always, Miss Clicks is right after yeah. this. If people want to watch second edition Dungeons and Dragons, uh, it'll be on twitch.tv slash M-I-S-S-C-L-I-K-S. 
right after this. Spectaculars. Pray for Jimmy. All right. <laughs> All right. Th thanks for living, Paulton. That's great. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul's, right. Paul's with the clutch plays tonight, though. Yes. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty scary. I almost fell off a cliff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Paulton, um, just so you know, uh, because for casting the fairy fire spell, I'm giving your character inspiration. Yay! So, what the, write that down on your character sheet. It might come in handy in a future session. Right Knowing our rules, it will. <laughs> I was pretty impressed that the intimidation of the hag to, to letting go to her death was it worked. I'm glad. I'm glad you say that. I'm going to give Strix inspiration for that one as well. Yay! <laughs> That's yep. the best. Yeah, I'll intimidate anything, even if it's a rock. Yeah, the hag, the hag did not roll well on that. She was clearly startled. <laughs> I just thought she's like, your mom's going to get real mad unless. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled it out. Oh, amazing. All right. Then that is it, folks. Have a good week, y'all. Yay! Bye, you guys, next Bye. time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.